book three chapters five through eight of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book three the progress and perfection of love chapter five the privilege of dying in holy love is a special gift of god when at last the heavenly king has led the soul he loves all through to the end of this life he yet further brings it safe through the hour of death leading it to eternal glory to the fruition of holy perseverance and the soul overwhelmed with love for its bridegroom clings to the dear hand which has led it joyfully confessing that he is the giver of all good and has more than fulfilled jacob's prayer that god would be with him and keep him in the way he went and bring him to his father's house in peace thou lord hast kept me in my way thou hast fed me with thy sacraments thou hast clothed me with the wedding garment of thy love and brought me to thy heavenly home surely thou art my god for ever and ever genesis chapter twenty eight verses twenty and twenty one thou hast holden me by my right hand thou shalt receive me with glory psalm seventy three verses twenty two and twenty three such is the order of our passage to eternal life for which god's providence has from all eternity appointed the number variety and order of necessary graces and their interdependence first of all he willed fully that notwithstanding adam's sin all men should be saved but so and by such means as were fitting to their nature gifted as it was with free will that is he willed all to be saved who would cooperate with the grace and favors he imparted to that end now among these favors calling or vocation he willed to be the first and that to be so adapted to our free will that we might accept or reject it at pleasure and to those whom he foresaw would accept it he willed to supply the emotions of penitence and to those who seconded these emotions he willed to give holy love and to them imparted the needful help to persevere and to those that rightly use that gracious help he determined to give final perseverance and the glorious blessedness of his eternal love thus we can trace out the course of god's providence in our salvation from the first to the last step from that fruit which is glory to the root which is the redemption of christ our saviour for god's goodness gives that glory as the result of perseverance in well-doing perseverance in well-doing as the result of love love coming of penitence penitence itself of obedience to vocation and that vocation is the result of our lord's redemption on which the whole mystic ladder of jacob is founded in heaven where it rests on the loving bosom of the eternal father 
receiving his elect whom he has glorified and on earth where it is fixed in the pierced side of him who died therefore on mount calvary the church testifies that the effects of god's providence are ruled by him even as in their interdependence when she prays to him as the eternal and omnipotent god the lord of the living and the dead who shows mercy to all those he has foreseen would become his in faith and in works as though acknowledging that that glory which is the crown of god's mercy to man is only destined for those whom divine wisdom foreknew would so obey their calling as to attain to that living faith which brings forth the fruit of love and finally all these results depend absolutely upon the redemption of our saviour whose merits win them for us in the strictest sense by his loving obedience unto death even the death of the cross which is the root of all the grace we receive we being spiritual grafts grafted into that stem if when so grafted we abide in him we shall assuredly bring forth the fruit of the glory prepared for us by that life of grace he imparts but if we are as shoots broken off that is if we resist the action of his goodness no wonder if we are cut off wholly and cast into the fire as profitless branches god has prepared paradise for those he foreknows as his let us strive to be truly his in faith and in works and he will be ours in glory and it rests with us to be his for though it comes of god's gift he never refuses that gift to any but offers it freely to all who will heartily consent to receive it see then how earnestly god desires that we be his since to that end he has made himself wholly ours yielding up to us both his life and his death his life that we might be delivered from eternal death his death that we might attain eternal life be it ours so to live that we may be ever his in this life and yet more for eternity chapter six we cannot attain to the perfection of unitive love of god in this mortal life all rivers run unto the sea unto the place whence the rivers come thither they return again ecclesiastes chapter one verse seven the ocean whence they rise is also their last end and their whole course tends solely to reunite them therewith thou hast made my heart for thyself says st augustine and my heart knoweth no rest until it return to thee whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire in comparison of thee god is the strength of my heart and my portion for ever psalm seventy three verses twenty four and twenty five nevertheless this union after which we long cannot be fully perfected in this life 
we may begin to love god here but we can only love him perfectly in the next the bride says i found him whom my soul loveth i held him and would not let him go until i had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me canticle chapter three verse four she has found him she fills the joy of his presence in a thousand ways she holds him by means of strong cleaving action she will not let him go but she does not seek the marriage until she be with him in her mother's house that is in the heavenly jerusalem she does not scruple to hold him as the captive of love whom she can lead at her own will into that blessed resting-place into which nevertheless she will be led by him even as rebecca was led into sarah's tent by isaac the ardent soul in its passionate love assumes an empire over its object and the bridegroom himself avows that his bride has ravished his heart binding him as a prisoner with one lock of her hair this perfect union of the soul with god then will only be brought about in heaven at the marriage supper of the lamb revelation chapter nineteen verse nine in this lower life the soul is indeed the lamb's betrothed but not yet wedded troth and pledges are given but the further solemnization waits and therefore we may yet fall away although there can never be any cause thereto since the bridegroom will never forsake us and we can never be estranged save by our inconstancy or treachery but once in heaven and the marriage celebrated that blessed bond will be indissoluble yet while waiting this joyful consummation the heavenly bridegroom vouchsafes us many an intimation of his gracious presence for without any endearments the soul would not be drawn nor run after the savour of his ointments therefore the bride says let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth but these are all but foretastes of that best of all embraces which shall last for ever compared with which all the others are as nothing a mere shadow and token of the embrace which shall last for ever the eternal union of the bride and her bridegroom chapter seven the charity of saints in this life may equal or even sometimes exceed that of the blessed when the changes and chances of this life ended the souls of the righteous came to the haven where they would be they rise up to the highest degree of love attainable and this final gift being bestowed as a reward of righteousness it is not given merely in good measure but pressed down and shaken together and running over as our dear lord says that love which is given as a reward being even greater than the ample love by which the soul was enabled to win its recompense and not only will each individual possess more love in heaven than he ever possessed on earth 
but the smallest exercise of that love will be greater than the most abundant outpour of love here can ever be there the saints will know no intermission in their life of love while here even god's choicest servants hindered and fettered by the necessities of mortal life are fain to put up with many a distraction from their holy task in heaven the blessed will enjoy a love altogether steadfast constant unfailing which can know no failure or slackening their intention is ever pure and single who could compare a seafaring life ever surrounded with perils and alarms to a life spent in a royal mansion where every possible delight abounds surpassing all that we can conceive there is then far more enjoyment and perfection in that holy love which the inhabitants of paradise enjoy than in that of pilgrims yet on earth nevertheless some have been so blessed as to experience a more abundant charity in this their pilgrimage than even the saints who are gathered into the eternal home we cannot doubt but that the charity of st john and of other apostolic men was greater even while on earth than that of those little ones who dying in their first baptismal grace have entered into eternal glory we do not ordinarily expect a shepherd to be more valiant than trained soldiers yet david proved himself the better man amid the practiced troops of the mighty israelitish army neither is it common to find mortal men who abound more in love than those souls which have passed to life immortal yet to some has been granted a more fervent charity even than theirs for just as when comparing a red-hot iron with a bright lamp the iron possesses most fire and heat while the lamp has most flame and brightness so the babe which has entered the glorified life may have most light and glory while st john or st paul in his captivity has most fire of love and heat of affection chapter eight the matchless love of the mother of god above all and comparable with none stands the blessed virgin mother our lady for she is the mother of the fair love the only dove the choice one canticle chapter six verse nine it is a pious thought that at least during her last earthly days her love must have surpassed that of the seraphim for if many daughters have done virtuously surely she excelled them all proverbs thirty one verse twenty nine all saints and angels are like to the stars in heaven but she is fair as the moon clear as the sun canticle chapter six verse ten and even as that sweet mother's charity exceeds that of all saints above so i believe that she exercised it more abundantly while here on earth the church's tradition is that she was never guilty of venial sin so that there was no hindrance or drawback to the progress of her love which must have been continually increasing she was never drawn down by any sensual desires 
so that love reigned supreme within her soul her virginity of body and heart was even worthier than that of the angels and her mind knowing no distraction cared for the things of the lord alone being holy both in body and spirit and what must a mother's love the most ardent unwearied and insatiable of all love have been in the heart of such a mother for such a son even her very slumber was the sleep of love i sleep but my heart waketh surely she slept but to gain fresh vigor to serve her god anew which is a very true practice of love saint augustine says that charity constrains us to cherish the body in so far as it is necessary to the fulfilling of good works as it is a part of our individuality and will be a sharer in our eternal blessedness assuredly the christian should cherish his body as a living image of that of his incarnate lord as springing from the same root and as bound to him by a close relationship above all when that relationship has been renewed by receiving the divine body of our redeemer in the ever-blessed sacrament of the eucharist and after we have been consecrated to god in baptism confirmation and other sacraments and if so how lovingly must the blessed virgin have regarded her own pure body not merely inasmuch as it was gentle humble and pure gifted with all conceivable sweetness but far more because it was the earthly source of the saviour's body and so inseparably united thereto we know that evil dreams which are the result of unrestrained thoughts by day are after a fashion sin because they are the consequence of voluntary wrongdoing and in like manner we may assume that such peaceful dreams as arise from holy waking thoughts are good and acceptable in god's sight thus saint chrysostom in one of his homilies speaking to his people of the great love he bore them tells them that when the urgency of sleep closed his eyes the force of that love opened wide the vision of his soul and that many a time in slumber he seemed to talk with them since the soul is wont in dreams to carry on that which chiefly occupies it while the body wakes so that when he saw them not with his natural eyes he yet saw them with the eyes of love what then o blessed jesus must have been the dreams of thy holy mother when she slept her heart waking surely she must often have dreamed of holding thee within her womb and at her virgin breast and maybe she would also dream that even as once thou didst nestle there like a tender lamb so she in her turn slept in thy pierced side like a dove in the clefts of the rock or did she sometimes dream like joseph of future glory when she should be clothed with the sun that is enveloped in the glory of her son or again with jacob 
did she dream of the work of redemption wrought by him for men and angels who can fathom the sweetness of such sleeping visions nor would i affirm that her privileged soul had no exercise of reason in sleep many have imagined that when solomon dreamed his wondrous dream he had power to exercise free will as testified by his wise and understanding choice and his admirable prayer how much more then may the mother of the true solomon have had a reasoning faculty her heart waking indeed while she slept we know that st john was given the use of reason while yet in his mother's womb a far greater marvel luke chapter one verse forty one in short just as asbestos ever retains the fire it once possesses so the blessed virgin's heart ever retained that fire of love kindled by her son with this difference that whereas though the asbestos flame cannot be extinguished neither can it increase the fire of her love could not cease to wax ever more and more until its perfection in heaven verily she is the mother of pure love the most loving and most loved the one only mother of the one only son the most loving and the most loved. End of Book 3, Chapter 8